The Prime Minister has revealed to News Hub some MPs are about to call it quits. And she's looking to scrap some of the government's reforms next year, admitting Labour's tried to do too much too quickly. In a sit-down interview with political editor Jenna Lynch, Jacinda Ardern reflected on the hardest moment in a year she's described as challenging. That was how News Hub at Six introduced its end-of-year interview with the Prime Minister last Thursday, one of a few set-piece media chats in which Jacinda Ardern signalled that next year's focus for her government would be on core policies. And Jenna Lynch reckoned that the creation of a new public media entity, also known as the mega-media merger of RNZ and TVNZ, probably wasn't one of them. Do you think you've got too much on? Uh, yes. Yeah, I do. So over the summer we will be thinking about areas that we can peer back. Are you ready for the TVNZ-RNZ merger to be dropped? Oh, no. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. We're absolutely committed to it and uh, things are going well. 100% that merger will go ahead? Well, 100%. And these things change. Have you heard something else? Broadcasting and Media Minister Willie Jackson there telling News Hub's political editor Jenna Lynch that the government's public media plans are still go as far as he knows. But while his Prime Minister was doing end-of-year chats with the media about what's to come, Willie Jackson isn't doing any with Media Watch about the public media plans, as we'll hear. Now, earlier on Tuesday, the Prime Minister told Newsroom that the government would pause and prioritise the most important things for us, and the Prime Minister said the media merger is not number one on the government's agenda. And the Prime Minister also told political editor Joe Moyer that a lot of people say they don't have a view on the media merger because there isn't a lot of information out there about it. But the policy was greenlit by her own cabinet almost three years ago now, after dumping a previous policy and a previous minister whose public media plan revolved only around RNZ. And one opportunity last weekend for the minister in charge to help explain it all to the public didn't really end up helping much at all. I uh, know sometimes perception is completely wrong. You know? I'm not asking if it's right yeah, or wrong, yeah. but I'm saying it's just as important. When it comes to an issue of trust, perception is just as important as the reality. Mm-hmm. So, so whether not or not... Sure if I agree with you on that, Jack. Okay, so... Willie Jackson clashing with TVNZ's Jack Tame on the Q&A show last weekend about the subtle interplay of perception and reality in an interview that got tetchy at times and a bit personal. Yeah. You're, you're doing a very. You're, 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 saying, no, okay. you're doing such a negative interview today. I'm very disappointed in you. But you're you're, you can, you're hammering every part of this entity. That's all about our public uh, our identity. It's about expression in terms of the New Zealand voice. Don't you want to hear that? You guys. Now, there's nothing extraordinary, really, about politicians and presenters butting heads, though this one made headlines and pumped up the pundits because some saw it as the minister trying to throw his weight around on a state-owned outlet of which he is a shareholding minister. On Midweek Media Watch this week, our weekly catch-up with Karen Hay on nights on RNZ National, Hayden Donnell took a look at how the media reacted to that interview and how it overshadowed his news that the government will legislate to make Google and Facebook's owner Meta pay New Zealand media companies for the news they share online and profit from. Hayden also looked at a couple of revealing rulings from a media standards watchdog and how claims of media manipulation soured miracle drug news from Pharmac. Trust us? The question should be around public trust in you, Pharmac, because you didn't tell us the truth. If you missed Midweek Media Watch last Wednesday, it's on the RNZ website in the Media Watch section of the RNZ app or on our podcast feed, available wherever you get your podcasts. But this was the first time any TVNZ programme has addressed the issue of the media merger, outside of brief mentions in the One News bulletins, and that's in spite of the fact that TVNZ itself as we know it would cease to exist under the current plan. 
Now, that long encounter with the minister last Sunday was described as a train wreck in the Herald soon after, and, like this, by RNZ's political editor Jane Patterson the next day on Morning Report. How did you see that interview? Uh, car crash was my um, view of it. This has been a problem for the minister since he's taken over. The uh, merger has really become, it's, it's had a political target on its back. The next stop on the line is the appointment of a board to run it and a chair to be chosen before Christmas. And the reported shoulder tapping of the National Party former leader Simon Bridges as chair has been interpreted as a possible bid to counter the perception that the new entity might favour the Labour government that created and funded it, and that's only caused more negative reactions. And all this was frustrating for the minister, but also for the public, because the media coverage so far has focused almost entirely on the public media entity problems and planning, and not any potential positives of beefing up a public media entity. Now on the AM show the same morning, the Prime Minister tried to paint a far more positive picture of it. What can we do to make sure that we strengthen public broadcasting in New Zealand? Now, currently, of course, with viewership and listenership declining, people are turning to alternative methods to access information and stories. How do we make sure our public broadcasters have a bit more flexibility to be in the places where the New Zealand public are? And that's what this is all about. But the Prime Minister also painted a bleak picture of the public broadcaster we already have when she told Ryan Bridge this on the AM show. Getting rid of our public service broadcasters or having Radio New Zealand collapse doesn't help them and it actually doesn't help RNZ, New Zealand. How close is RNZ uh, to collapse? The potential collapse of RNZ isn't actually imminent at this stage, but it was public support for the public media entity project collapsing, according to a story in the Stuff Papers which said the majority of people don't want RNZ and TVNZ to merge. According to a November poll from the Taxpayers' Union on Curia, 54% said they did not want the state broadcasters to merge. And the Taxpayers' Union doesn't want that either. It's been campaigning against it on the grounds that it's wasteful spending. And they'll be pleased that their survey was reported and widely referred to by the media and other pundits. But how many people were polled for that survey and what exactly was the question that was put to them? Well, Stuff's story didn't say, but it did say the poll found a quarter of people were unsure about the public media entity plan. And no wonder when there's been so little in the media about what it might actually offer, alongside plenty about the opposition to it among other media with their own vested interests and political parties in opposition to it for their own political reasons. On Tuesday, News Talk ZB's Heather Duplessy-Allen told her listeners that if Labour were smart, they'd kill the plan. Labour can't afford another three waters if they want to secure the next election. They should be looking right now for a way to get out of this. And she wasn't the only one comparing the plan for two media outlets to the one for three waters. Similar problems between the three waters and this is that it seems the solution is just centralisation, bureaucracy, you know, more and more sort of people as opposed to actually more and more outcomes. And I think you're absolutely right that as part of that sort of problem definition, you've actually got to determine what is the KPI for success from this merger? Nobody really knows. In her right-of-centre column in the NBR this week, Brigitte Morton also said the RNZ-TVNZ merger was a political repeat of Three Waters' missteps. Though there's not really that much that links water and media reform beyond partisan political noise and a reaction against centralisation as a solution. In that chat for the NBR with Brigitte Morton, Brent Edwards, who's formerly a political editor at RNZ, pointed out that other countries have joined up multimedia public media networks paid for by the public, like our mates across the ditch, though Brigitte Morton didn't think that was an attractive option. On a per capita basis, I think 
public broadcasting here gets less than, say, in Australia or New Zealand. Yeah, you've got to also remember that Australia and Britain are much bigger media markets as well. So whilst you might have giants like the BBC, you've still got enough space in that market for other big players to be quite influential, to have quite you know a lot of influence and a lot of ability to the resources to you know hold you know the government to account, which is a really important part of a public broadcaster, I think, or any broadcaster. And, you know, having worked in Australian politics, there is much more complaints, I think, about the ABC than I've ever seen about TVNZ or RNZ. But while there are lots of complaints about the ABC from politicians who lean to the right and the hostile Murdoch press and other media rivals, the public that pays for the ABC seems to value it. The ABC tracks public perceptions of its performance and its value three times a year right across the country, and this year's community sentiment, according to its latest annual report, has improved on last year. 78% of Australians believe the ABC performs a valuable role, and the same proportion say the ABC provides good quality television, and two-thirds say it provides a number of shows that they personally like to watch and listen to. Nine out of ten said the online stuff was good, and they were less keen on the radio, but that still had the approval of a clear majority. The ABC annual report for 2022 also says it continues to outperform commercial media in the provision of news and information about country and regional Australia among city and country and regional populations. And their study also found 77% of Australian adults aged 18 to 75 trust the information the ABC provides and significantly higher than the levels of trust recorded for internet search engines, commercial radio, commercial television, newspaper publishers and Facebook. But people here have not been asked by anyone if they'd like something like the ABC or BBC and what they provide. In the NBR, Brigitte Morton concluded that the media merger was merely a political liability now, and on ZB, Heather Duplessy-Allen echoed her like this. It smacks of a hidden agenda because there is no plausible explanation for why we need this merger. What is the problem we're trying to fix? But one clear problem is that we are now spending almost as much public money per capita here on public media as they do in Australia, but getting nothing like as comprehensive a service back. The two networks the government plans to replace attract and retain audiences that skew older than the national population, and that's not a good sign for the future. And in his story about the Taxpayers' Union survey which headlined public opposition to the media merger... Stuff's Glenn McConnell noted that the survey also said there was more support among people aged 18 to 39. A third of people that age supported the merger, a third opposed it, and a third were unsure. Now clearly, last weekend on TVNZ1, Willie Jackson failed to make the case for something that will make a difference. So this week we asked if he would do so here on MediaWatch. But his office said simply, Willie Jackson's not available this week, and next week he's overseas. Now, while there's been a lot of heat about that Willie Jackson TVNZ interview last weekend, one with National Party leader Christopher Luxon on Morning Report last Wednesday was maybe more significant for the future. For the first time, he definitively said that if Aotearoa New Zealand public media is in place by the next election, and he wins that election, he'll undo it all, even if it's costly to do so. And in Parliament later that day, he told RNZ's political editor Jane Patterson... While it's important that the TV, TVNZ, for example, continue its commercial model, we've seen incredibly you know, good media operations. Take NZME, it's a commercial organisation, it's done incredibly well. What TVNZ about, can continue to do the same. The so the opposition then seems committed not just to preserving the status quo, but even restoring it, if they have to, having decided that the new public media entity is, in Christopher Luxon's words, a solution in search of a problem. 
Well, next month it will be three years since an advisory group, including TBNZ and RNZ executives, first declared that the status quo was not an option and persuaded the Cabinet a new entity was the way to go. The government and the existing entities have yet to find a way, though, or the willingness, to persuade the public of that or to persuade the government's political opponents, evidently still wedded to a system within which a highly commercial state-owned TVNZ is already operating on a not-for-profit basis. It's already overlapping online as well with the much smaller RNZ, which has sold its land and buildings in recent years to maintain services, even as government funding across the media has swelled to more than $300 million a year. And up until this point, a government that says it's committed to public media hasn't really committed much more money to its only really national public broadcaster. Now, RNZ won't collapse, as Jacinda Ardern hypothesised this week, unless a government actually decides to collapse it. But, independent of each other, RNZ and TVNZ will be even more vulnerable in the future to other media picking off their ageing audiences, while hundreds of millions of public dollars will still be sunk into the media each year with potentially less and less impact. And the consequences and the cost of carrying that on long term could just end up being far greater than opponents of the merger are saying out loud right now, both financially and in terms of political risk and public opinion, which seem to sway the pundits and the politicians, who also seem easily persuaded that perception, amplified by the media, really is reality.